Welcome to Clean Up on Aisle Fun, the podcast about reviewing grocery stores that nobody asked for. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Clean Up on Aisle Fun. I'm your host, Rod O'Toole, coming to you today with a uh, daunting mix of caffeine and cold medication coursing through my veins. But here I am, uh, ready and willing to review another grocery store for you. Uh, this is the premier grocery store review podcast. Uh, as far as I know, it is the only one that has bothered to review grocery stores, and therefore it is the most popular. So thank you to everybody who has made that possible. We're not officially in any capacity uh, brought to you by Kerrygold Irish Butter, but uh, long-time listeners of the podcast know it is one of my favorite products to give an unsolicited endorsement to or to which I give an unsolicited endorsement. I uh, shouldn't end that sentence on a preposition, with a preposition. I can't speak today. Uh, but the other day, I was um, was taking my, my breakfast on the veranda. Uh, I had my delivered copies of the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and uh, the uh, uh, Hartford Register, laid out before me, and I had uh, just poured a, a large mug of freshly brewed French roast, French pressed coffee, and taken a, a scone that I had, I had made the night before. I made one scone. I uh, cut the recipe to uh, produce uh, just one singular scone for my, uh, for my, for my breakfast. Uh, that I made using uh, a healthy amount of Kerrygold Irish butter, and I had, I had lightly toasted this uh, uh, in the with a skewer over the fire in the fireplace that is in my room in my chambers. Uh, so it was nice, crisp, golden brown, and I, I cut into that scone and uh, spread it with uh, a fine dollop of Kerrygold Irish grass-fed butter. And as I was sitting there about to uh, see, you know, what, what the latest from the, the gray lady was, a, uh, a heron, a blue heron uh, flew onto the veranda, perched lightly on the claw-footed uh, railing, and it looked at my scone gave it a gave it a quick sniff of the beak uh because a beak isn't a beak is a nose people don't people don't often know that about birds uh they are not as well versed in the ornithological arts but the the truth is that a a beak is in fact a nose and it sniffed at the sniffed at the buttered scone it gave me a knowing look and uh, i nodded and it took half of it and it uh it flew away, and that's not part of an uh, an ordinary avian diet, but that's just how good Kerrygold butter is. And it's the crazy the crazy thing is that I, it's it sounds sounds strange, but that that did actually happen, all of that. Anyway, uh, today we are going to be talking about. Uh, why do I keep saying we? It's just me. It's just me sitting in a, alone in a room talking to nobody. But uh, what I'm going to be discussing 
is the Food Emporium in, uh, I guess, the Times Square area. It's at like 49th and 8th Avenue, uh, which is my, which it's my, it's my favorite part of Manhattan. Absolute favorite part of Manhattan. Uh, it's a wonderful area, and I was very happy to uh, have the opportunity to. Re- I'm being sarcastic. Of, of it was, a, it was a strange experience. Um, but before, I've got some other grocery-related business. Uh, something that I just wanted to give a quick uh, shout out of positivity towards. The other evening, I was. Uh, sitting at home watching uh, a uh, a basketball game. It was uh, the Philadelphia 76ers playing at home. Uh, they were not playing at home. The, they were playing the Denver Nuggets in Denver. Um, Joel Embiid was out on rest. So Ben Simmons was... Uh, uh, they were running the offense through him, essentially. And was, I, I, hadn't, I don't think I'd seen him play much this season, but he really... Oh, he really does remind the way he, the way he drives to the rim does remind me of a young LeBron James, and uh, and also Denver's been so good this year, uh, and yet there's uh, such a weird unconventional the unconventional statistics of Nikola Jokic are uh, he's 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 a weirdo he's a real weirdo if you look at the guy he's very he's somewhat doughy and he does not look like. Um, an intense athlete, but he's easily one of the best 15 players in the NBA right now. I don't know. I'm certainly no expert on the matter, but I was watching this on a, uh, I was streaming it online and one of the benefits slash drawbacks of, uh, you know, watching games online is, uh, depending on the stream, you might get footage that in, in, in during the commercial breaks, sometimes they will cut to uh, what is going on on the jumbotron in the arena, which is uh, hilarious and depressing. There is, I truly some like one. There's nothing sadder than um, sitting in your bed uh, alone watching footage uh, from a, a kiss cam from a Portland Trailblazers game. Uh, this it's it's really bad. But sometimes what you get are uh the commercials that are being shown on whatever the regional broadcast was. In this case, it was Denver. And several times I saw a commercial for what I have to assume is a Denver area grocery store called uh, n- uh Natural Organics. Wait, hang on a second. Natural Grocers. That's what they're called. Natural Grocers, and. I was delighted by these commercials because they had sort of the the charm and low budget of a good local commercial. Like there was some bad green screen effects. The two spokeswomen in the um, in the commercial were playing superheroes of some sort, and they uh, clearly like reading the copy. I think they must have. They must work for the store. Maybe they're the owners or the proprietors of the establishment. Uh, reading copy did not come naturally to them, I don't think. But they had such enthusiasm and uh, uh, and pep um, that I was I was I was fully I was fully taken. I was I was completely sold. And then they were they were they had a little they were a little sanctimonious about organic foods. But I was willing to let that slide. So shout out to Natural Grocers. And if you're ever in Denver, Colorado, 
give him a give him a, a look, I guess. But that's uh, so. I just wanted to shine a light on that briefly. But the store of the hour and the subject of today's episode is the Food Emporium in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, it was selected because Food Emporium is a uh, chain that I have encountered. Uh, they have a couple locations nearby me, uh, or at least in the the New York City area. Their uh, uh, their spe- this specific Midtown location was selected uh, due to its proximity to my therapist's uh, office. Um, so for those of you doing the, the rod stocking challenge, um, that's another, that's another juicy deet. Um, but you don't know what time my appointments are. Mm-mm. So you're just going to have to camp out. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't know that I've ever actually shopped in a food emporium before, but I figured I would give this one, um, a look-see. This is also a weird spot for a grocery store because it's, uh, it sits right around like 49th, 50th Street, and uh, 8th Avenue. So it's like just off of the main drag of like Times Square and all the, you know, big neon signs and uh, uh, throngs of uh, people. It's uh, Stone's Throw. If you're, you know, if you're going to book a Mormon, uh, I could see the stage door from the entrance to the grocery store. If you want to swing by and, you know, grab grab a gallon of milk afterwards, I guess, um, you could do that, but I'm not, I, I don't know how many people actually live in that area, I, there has to be some, uh, because I did see people shopping as though that's just a place that they shop, um, I've also heard, and I'm completely talking out of my ass, and I may have said this before, uh, but I think the occupancy rate of apartments in that area is particularly low, uh, especially around like Columbus Circle. So like out of like a, a you know a ten block radius in that particular area, you know maybe fifty percent of the apartments are unoccupied most of the year. Like they're they're just owned by um, foreign businessmen who will pop in every once in a while when they're in New York, but otherwise they just sit vacant. I believe it was. <clears throat> essayist, uh, humorist, would you call her? She's a great author. Fran Leibowitz uh, at one point said that we could solve the homelessness problem in New York City if, uh, you know, half the year we just let homeless people live in the apartments of the of the rich who are off summering in Martinique or wherever the wherever it is that fancy people go. So anyway, I uh, I'm not sure who the store is for exactly, and that definitely plays out as I go in there. So I walk across the threshold. First off, they had a sign uh, in yellow paper sev- posted several places, no public restrooms. That is your prerog- the prerogative as a business. It's points off for me. I, it's nice to, you know, it's, it, there, and there's also people who are, there's a lot of homeless people around that area. It's nice to give them a place to go take a dump, um, provide them that privacy. And there's a lot of tourists, too, so uh, they're always looking for a, a spot to take a leak. Um, or maybe you're a podcast host who, um, you know, wants to do a full examination of the amenities of the, the grocery store. And then you can't because uh, uh, restrooms are not available to the public. But uh, so uh, we're not starting off on a good note. When you enter the food emporium, 
And by the way, the font for this store, someone check this. I think it's exactly the same as Liquiteria, that uh, juice and smoothie place. It's a fine font. Uh, that was just a little thing that I noticed. There, So there's a, I don't know if it's a heater or something, but above me, right as I entered, uh, I'm looking around thinking, is this a U2 album? Because I'm just hearing a rattle and hum. This thing was uh, roaring like an old jalopy. Whatever it was, uh, if it was producing heat, if it was part of the, uh, you know, just the electrical system, something was incredibly noisy and it seemed very shoddy. Immediately to your left, there are escalators that go downstairs to where it seems the main grocery portion is. And then if you keep going straight, you have sort of a prepared food section that I'll get to later. Uh, I started by going right down the escalator. Uh, this place, there was, there was like signage um, on either side of like the walls of this escalator that were, they were, uh, this astounded me. They were framed pictures of like, uh, here, like meat and produce, but they were literally looked like someone went on Microsoft Word and put in some clip art or just took like a stock photo of, you know, a ham and stretched it to, you know, dimensions that did not look realistic and just, and slapped it in a frame. I just, it seemed very weird and inconsistent. A lot of the photos were blurry. Um, and yeah, like I, there was, I took a picture of, they said they have 550 international and specialty beers and all of the bottles look like stout bottles of like barbecue sauce or something like that. It was, uh, it was ridiculous. So when you get down the escalator, everything is incredibly cluttered. Everything is at weird, odd angles, and you can't really... I got... I lost my sense of direction so many times while trying to navigate the um, weird herky-jerky layout of this store. Uh, I decided to start walking straight because that seemed to be where I was supposed to go. And they had um, some sort of display of Italian food... Uh, they had, it said, we support local vendors, and they had jars of sauce from the meatball shop and Rayo's, which I guess is nice. But there was some, like a half, what seemed like half a display of bread, and then there was like some a stack of some beer and wine. I, right, right from the get-go, in three different spots, I could observe uh, displays of shitty wine, and it would, seems like it would have made sense to group those all together. I don't know. Uh, but directly in front of, or next to that was uh, produce. And I was overall uh, relatively unimpressed with this produce section. Everything looked kind of waxy. Um, the There was hardly, there wasn't a lot of vegetables, hardly any like potatoes. And maybe that's, uh, that's just a weird sticking point for me, but there, you got to up the game. I mean, potatoes is such a, such a universal food? Is it universal? I don't know. I was really taken aback by how few potatoes that they had there. They had apples in two different... They had like a million different kinds of apples in two different locations. They were not next to each other. But I found something that really just lowered my spirits. It was a, a tube of apples. Maybe you've seen these things. They were called, it was called, uh, like a rocket, rocket, uh, your daily fruit blast, it said. And what this is, it's a plastic tube 
made of recycled plastic. Oh, so it's fine. Of four very small apples, like the like these these are not like these are like very baby sized apples. And the back label says, uh, grown on sun-drenched orchards, Rocket is a natural taste sensation packed full of nutrition. Rocket is conveniently packaged in a recycle... Oh, I'm sorry. This isn't recycled plastic. It's in a recyclable tube, which fits in a school bag, car cup holder, baby buggy cup holder, or on your desk to enjoy. I don't understand why uh, this, this is so unnecessary, because like you can stick it in a cup holder... First off, the the, cir- the the circumference and the diameter of this thing, if you put it in a regular car cup holder, it's not wide enough to actually stay still, so it's probably going to be knocking around a lot. Also, what was it about apples that people said, we need to improve the portability element of this fruit? It's all, you, can th- you can take an apple, you can wash it, do whatever. You throw it in your bag, you can throw it in a lunchbox, you can it's it's all it's already all set to go and then you eat it and then you throw it away or you can you know throw it on the ground because it's biodegradable and you be careful where you do this um because vermin and uh, various pests could eat it if we are to believe by the signage from the New York City parks uh feed a pigeon you're feeding a rat um but it, the, and these things, it was, I believe, $4.99 for a package of these four tiny-ass apples, which I I was filled with, I just hit with a wave of cynicism because I'm like, clearly someone is stupid enough to buy these when you could, for probably a dollar less, get an entire pound of apples a mere three steps away. This is a, a waste of plastic, and I would uh, why, uh, hardly encourage anybody to, uh, you know, abstain from uh, purchasing rocket apples. And why do they uh, rocket? Like, you've got to give it some sort of sexy, fun name. It's just apples in a fucking plastic tube. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm upset about this. And the rest of that produce section, honestly, nothing to call home about. They had some berries that weren't well organized. They had ugh, some bagged greens that were very basic nothing nothing that was really exciting or interesting or good uh this is about the time that i noticed that the the floor was shit it was just uh, garbage tile that they probably should have redone in 1999 and the the music that was playing was just the radio uh it was uh, i'm not sure what station but it was in combination of classic rock and today's hits the DJ at one point uh, discussed how he is a member of SAG-AFTRA and uh, what his his votes for the SAG Awards were, which was an unnecessary peek behind the curtain as far as I'm concerned. Next to the produce was a relatively okay cheese selection. Uh, it was just in an individual case. There was a guy there who was stocking the cheese, and I did notice this. There was... Um, there was a woman who approached him for help finding something that was not in his section. She was looking for coconut milk, uh, not not coconut water. And I overheard their conversation, and he really went out of his way to, to help her. Um, she asked him about uh, coconut milk. He's like, why, oh, you mean like coconut water? And um, she said, no, no, like co- coconut milk. 
is that the stuff that Go does Goya make it? Are you looking for Goya? And she said, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm trying to find it. He said, ah, hang on a second. Come follow me. And so he like walked with her to go find where the coconut milk was, presumably, which is good. I think that's 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 an important part of good customer service, especially in a grocery store. In my experiences, when somebody asks you where something is, uh, don't just tell them, oh, it's two aisles over. Take them to it and make sure that they've actually found it. That extra step helps. And so he did that. And on his walk, he, he was a nice guy, but on his walk back, this man had a, he had a wet cough. And it is that, it's that time of year. But, you know, he uh, uh, let loose into a hanky, um, or perhaps it was just a balled up napkin or something like that. But uh, he sounded consumptive. Consumptive, like when someone has consumption. Uh, is that what that would mean? Consumptive? Yeah, I don't know. But it's that time of year. You know, everybody, I'm, I'm a little under the weather myself. Uh, take care of yourselves, folks. Uh, have plenty of vitamin D, maybe some turmeric and um, honey. I combine those in some, some capacity. So anyway, at this point, I was starting to get into the actual aisles of the store. The first one was uh, condiments. They had, you know, oil and dressings and some, some hot sauces. I was struck by one of the selections that they had in the condiments aisle. They had a few products that were uh, from the the food line of uh, American uh, culinary figure, television host, and widely discussed individual Guy Fieri. And one of his uh, barbecue sauces was uh, called uh, North Carolina Mop and Slop. Uh, which seemed to be a very strange name for a barbecue sauce for me. I googled it when I got home uh, and found uh, the first thing that came up actually wasn't anything from from uh, the man himself, but from a website called Barbecue Sauce Reviews. And uh, the review is from 2011. It's actually pretty helpful in uh, understanding the etymology of why they would have called this uh, mop and slop sauce, because it seems like such an unseemly name. Uh, you know, slop is implied when eating barbecue, but, you know, we can we can maintain a little sense of dignity about it, can we not? Uh, but I guess uh, mop sauce is something, is what some North Carolina barbecue sauces are sometimes called. Uh, it tends to be a little more watery, and I, I believe slightly more vinegar-based. Uh, it's sort of a, a vinegar pepper mixture, and uh, this article from uh, barbecuesaucereviews.com explains that mop sauces are different than uh, Kansas City style barbecue sauces uh, because Casey style is, I guess, more tomato based. But with a mop sauce, you can put as much as you want on the meat without fear of the sugars burning off and caramelizing too early. Um, he went on to give a favorable review of the mop and slop sauce, giving it four out of five stars. So uh, congratulations to Guy Fieri, but, um, uh, you know, I wouldn't have known that had I not perused that aisle. So, hey, you know, you learn something every day. Uh, so that, there was nothing much else interesting on that that condiment aisle. I got to the end of it and moved over to the next aisle, which was juice, and they had a bunch of ocean spray and stuff, but it's right around this point that I noticed that, uh, there was a distinct smell of mothballs, which I don't think is a good quality for a grocery store to have. Even if you sell mothballs, do something about that. And 
again, I don't know that I've accurately described the layout of this place. The store is almost shaped like a backwards letter, no, a forwards letter K. If there was like two, if you like, like two triangles where the points meet in the middle. And so as I move down one set of aisles, there, you know, one side of the aisle would be longer than the opposite one. So things just sort of got more narrow as I moved in along this section of uh, the store. So there was plenty of juice, a moderate cookie selection. They were very basic. At the end of that aisle, there was what seemed to me uh, to be the frozen food section. Uh, I was flummoxed if that was the case because there was no, A, no frozen vegetables or like frozen pizza or anything. But what they, uh, and they also didn't have a door. There was no door on this. It was just like an open case that uh, had stuff sitting in it. It was some prepared, like, they had like frozen chicken strips and some other prepared minutes. Uh, I had never seen these anywhere before, but uh, they had Margaritaville uh, prepared meals. Um, I looked at the, the Sunset Shrimp Scampi, which is tail off shrimp and lemon garlic butter sauce. And the jam and jerk shrimp, which is succulent shrimp seasoned with Jamaican spices. Uh, these are from the kitchens of Margaritaville restaurants, skillet ready in minutes, um, for $12, which seems like a lot for some some shitty frozen shrimp. At least I'm assuming. Uh, and I, uh, you know, as questionable as this is, I, I, I really do have to hand it off to Jimmy Buffett for uh, really parlaying you know, a song and a general brand into the empire that has uh, spawned from uh, from his handful of, of hits on the radio. He's a musician that a lot of people, they're not a lot of people, but there are a handful of people in my life who are like hardcore Jimmy Buffett fans. They're not parrot heads per se, although I've heard parrot heads are some of the most obnoxious fans in all of music. But, you know, he's got these frozen dinners. He's got the restaurants not too far from where I was, unless it has closed already, is uh, the Broadway musical uh, Jimmy Buffett's Escape to Margaritaville, which at one point I was, I think around the time it opened, I <clears throat> I had mistakenly described that show, or mis- I, was re- I was referencing that show in conversation to somebody, and I accidentally said, uh, "Jimmy." Instead of Jimmy Buffett's escape to Margaritaville, I said Jimmy Buff, uh, Jimmy Butler's escape from Margaritaville. Uh, Jimmy Butler being uh, the uh, player for the at that at that time he was playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves, now for the Philadelphia 76ers. And I have to say, uh, Jimmy Butler's escape from Margaritaville is the Broadway musical that I'd be much more interested in seeing. The loose concept that I have for it now is that uh, using his, you know, he maybe he gets uh, signs uh, a, new, a new deal next year. Uh, and with the excess money, he purchases a Margaritaville franchise. And as a show of good faith to some of his, uh, you know, jilted Timberwolves teammates, he, you know, he invites Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. And, uh, was it Andrew Wiggins' brother who was, like, calling him out on Instagram? He invites them all for a dinner at Margaritaville. And Tom, he brings Tom, Thib- Tom Thibodeau, uh, now no longer uh, coaching the Timberwolves. He invites him, too. 
And when they get there, he locks the doors and hunts them for sport, most dangerous game style, and they have to escape. So if you're with the Nederlander organization, hit me up. It uh, And it won't be a musical either. It will be uh, just a straight play. <clears throat> but anyway, th- it seemed like overpriced, and I-, I can't imagine it's too good. So that was this weird semi-frozen food section that I will later come to find out isn't the actual frozen food section, which isn't good. It should all be together. Um, the next aisle was soda and sparkling beverages. They had a pretty decent selection. I examined a two liter of Hawaiian punch because sometimes I don't see Hawaiian punch um, in the grocery stores. Rightfully so. It's basically pure sugar. And I used to love that stuff when I was a kid. They've they've since updated the logo. Not, not up, yeah, no, they've updated it. Um, it is the same basic character. Uh, I'm not sure if he has a name, but it's like a little man with, uh, I, I, I just now made the realization he's wearing a hat that looks to be made of driftwood. But for the longest time, I just thought it was like crazy hair. So uh, that was that was a disturbing, that was a disturbing realization just because I thought it was one thing for so long and then found out that it was a different thing. Like, for example, I've seen the film uh, The Parent Trap, the Lindsay Lohan version from 1997, probably, I'd say, realistically speaking, maybe 12 times in uh, in my lifetime since it first came out. It's one of those movies, there, there's a handful of movies if it is on cable, if when I'm flipping around, which isn't frequent anymore because I don't have cable, but when I when I would... I would stop what I was doing and watch them. It was uh, Parent Trap, Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, and Hook, I believe, was the third. But the most recent viewing of The Parent Trap that I had, I watched the credits and found out that the the maid, like Dennis Quaid's maid slash housekeeper in California, the character's name is Chessie. Spelled C-H-E-S-S-I-E, whereas for uh, most of my life, I thought it was Jesse, as in Jessica, with a J, because that's, that's a name that people commonly have, and uh, I, I felt my, my stomach dropped when I found this out, because I just thought, I thought it was one thing and it was another thing for, for so long. This was one of my favorite movies. So it was the same thing with the, uh, with the Hawaiian punch guy. Another, another one was I, I experienced recently was that song. Do they know it's Christmas time that, um, they made in the eighties to, uh, raise money for like hunger in Africa. I've heard that song every Christmas for 26 years. And it wasn't until this last year that I realized um, a that it was a collection of musicians, including Bono and I think David Bowie. It was like a bunch of British, Scottish, you know, UK musicians who recorded it, which I did not know for my entire life. And I also never realized that um, the lyrics of the chorus are "Feed the World." Uh, for some reason, I thought the lyrics. I, I had never actively thought about it. But for my entire life, I thought the chorus went, people, whoa, do they know it's Christmas time? But it's feed the world, 
do they know it's Christmas time? I completely over my head. It these are these are good things that they they keep me humble. They keep me humble. Oh boy. Uh, so the next the next aisle was a laughable selection of chips, and a decent selection of beer, more than I thought there was going to be. Then there was more sparkling water that was not with the other sparkling water, and I raised my eyebrows at that. Um, so at this point, I reached what seemed to be a, some sort of a butcher counter, um, and a, a, a little deli section that was uh, none of it. None of it was really looking good. They also had these signs above the the coolers on the the perimeter. Like I said, uh, there was one that just said cheese. Pack on the protein with cheese, and uh, a, a stock image of grilled cheese, which was um, very basic looking. Another one just said breakfast. Start the day off right with some the stock photo of eggs. And it was above the eggs. Um, oh, there was also a sign on the beer and uh, snacks aisle. Uh, at the top of it, it said service meat, and I could not imagine what that meant, and I never really found out. Anyway, continued uh, to move along the perimeter into, like, the next triangle of the K, which is where the rest of the aisles were, but I, I didn't know that immediately, uh, and I had, was a bit confused. They had uh, a pretty good—I was moving into the dairy section. They had good yogurt selection, uh, that Nuno Screek yogurt. They had uh, little packed, like little containers of overnight oats. Um, I've never had overnight oats, but I'd probably rather just buy them at the store than go through the trouble of making them, at least on first uh, on the first try, just because I don't know if I'm actually going to enjoy them. Uh, but I thought that was very a very specific item for them to have, which was uh, pr- pretty interesting. Uh, so there is, you know, nothing special about the rest of it. There was some dairy, you know, some milk, some coffee creamers, your milk alternatives, nut milk, uh, soy, whatever. And then here was the rest of the frozen foods. They, you know, your Jolly Green Giant veggies. Um, in the middle of the two frozen cases, they had um, some stuff hanging on the wall. It was some nice-looking cutting boards, and then paper doilies. Who still, who needs these? Um, uh, you know, is it Easter Sunday at your grandma's house? I don't get it. If you're going to bother to have a doily, get one made out of cloth. That's my hot take for today. They also had in the frozen food section ugh, these Velveeta cheesy bites. It was just Velveeta cheese breaded around. Ugh, it just, it looked, it made my stomach turn looking at it. And then at the end of the frozen food case, they had a weird solo display of Annie's mac and cheese that wasn't with the regular mac and cheese, which I didn't get. Uh, Next was the ice cream case around the corner, which they had good selection. They had your Ample Hills. They had some Ben and Jerry's. And then they had something that I've never seen before. I looked up the product when I got home, and I'm glad I did because there was some important context, but I feel very conflicted about this stuff. It's called vice cream and it's the the packaging is like a black package. It's like a, a black pint of ice cream uh, with like a neon logo that um, 
I hate to throw in another basketball reference if I'm alienating people, but look up Google image Fred Van Vliet's logo, which it's kind of wild that he has a logo. He's like a reserve point guard for the Toronto Raptors. I mean, he's, don't get me wrong, could possibly be a, is he starting now? He's not starting, is he? Um, Strong contender for sixth man of the year, but Fred Van Vliet's logo is like a V with like the the one end of it is sort of angled, and I think there's an F in there. The Vice Cream logo looks a lot like that. And my initial impression is that they're trying to be like, this is ice cream that fucks. Like, it's uh, sexy or whatever. It Here's what they say on the website. <clears throat> you hit the gym, you keep the red meat in check, and work a little quinoa into the rotation. Maybe you're even the kind of person who counts their steps like a robot, but what's it all for? just so you can look good in your Euro-cut jeans? At the end of the day, you're still human. You're not a machine. We all have urges, so why deny yourself the raw, unadulterated pleasure of eating a little ice cream every now and again? And let's be clear, when we say ice cream, we mean real ice cream, not some vegan, dairy-free wannabe version. We're talking rich, luscious ice cream swimming with decadent mix-ins, the kind of ice cream that makes all that hard work and culinary sacrifice worth it. At Vice Cream, we believe in unapologetic indulgence. Live life, dig in. And they have a video of, uh, it says, Meet the Vice Cream Bag Boys. And I watched it, and it's just, it's six um, muscular men wearing, like, Vice Cream aprons and uh, short running shorts and tank tops. And they're going around a grocery store, like, helping women with their their groceries, uh, there's, for like the, the sexual angle to it, there's, there's a lot of kids in the video, it's very, they're like, oh, high-fiving little children and stuff, but also like, hey, uh, hey, granny, you wanna, you need a little hand with that, why don't you have some beefcake, uh, you know, take this, uh, bag of potatoes to your car for you, and the flavors, I was, uh, very, intrigued by some of these intrigued is a strong way to put it um they're all like sort of like uh clever like there's a a a mint chocolate chip ice cream called minted that has like a monetary angle here's one okay one of them is called toffee wife which clearly is like a play on trophy wife which uh, makes me raise an eyebrow but uh, the description on the website says, rich peanut butter ice cream mixed with chopped toffee bars, peanut butter cookie dough, and a toffee ripple. Grab a spoon and let them swoon. You don't need a sugar daddy when you have this. And I say that because they added a question mark at the end, which doesn't seem grammatically correct. The next one is Laranja Trois. Bored with your tired old vanilla? Try experimenting with a little Laranja Trois, rich creamy vanilla ice cream with orange ripple and three chocolates, dark white and milk chocolate chunks. There is no company as good as Three's Company. So, uh, that's not the only one with a, with a sexual angle. Uh, the next one is called Afternoon Delight. Clear your schedule. Enjoy an afternoon delight. Ultra creamy vanilla ice cream with chunks of chocolate chip cookie dough, salted caramel truffles, and thick swirls of chocolate fudge and caramel. I just said caramel and caramel two different ways in the same sentence. Good for me. Uh, It's what, quote, do not disturb signs were meant for, um, for sticking your dick in a pint of ice cream, apparently. Uh, And then there's one called Higher Grounds. They make a weed joke. Bourbon mash. They talk about bourbon. Chalk of shame. 
rich chocolate ice cream with mouthfuls of chewy brownie dough generously flecked with dark chocolate shavings. It's really more of a chocolate stride of pride, but that wouldn't fit on the container. Um, so a lot of these have very, uh, you know, <laughs> like weird, oh, the, every, uh, the, all of the pints, um, on the, on the lid, they, you know, it lists the, the flavor and around the, the, the circular portion of the lid. And they all say, take my top off, um, which, okay, here's where things get conflicted. I went to the about us section and this, <laughs> this ice cream company was started by a guy who, uh, studied culinary arts. Uh, he got married, they bought a house he was going to start his own food company. And then he got like a, uh, he was told he had three months to live. He like had lymphoma and uh, that made him sort of re-examine his goals. And he, you know, one of his first jobs was, uh, was he, he, I guess he paid his way through school driving a good humor truck during the summer. Uh, and he, you know, really enjoyed how much joy ice cream gave people. It was such a simple pleasure. And then, uh, you know, he takes his indulgences seriously because he, you know, uh, maintains an active lifestyle. As the website says, he uh, had a four a 417 mile, finished 37 half marathons and a half Ironman. And uh, this is when he found out he was, he had aggressive lymphoma. He's clear and cancer free now, but it was this uh, huge life change that inspired him to start this company. And... They also, uh, uh, they have a program called Nice Vice, which is, uh, uh, what does it say? At Vice Cream, we, uh, we are in the smiles business. We've seen firsthand how our ice cream can bring smiles to people's faces. Even our advertising can make people start laughing, and we love that. So clearly they're aware of the fact that they're pretty ridiculous in their branding. Uh, but our larger P, our purpose, is to bring smiles to the faces of cancer patients and their families. Uh, through the Nice Vice program, we deliver on our mission by supporting cancer patients, doctors, and nurses, and organizations that care for patients and their families. So they have a sense of corporate responsibility as far as, like, giving back, which is really which is really great, and that's uh, totally admirable. So I, I'm really – I don't know what to make of this because I think the way that they are branding things is like this – this weird sexual bent is not what I want with ice cream, unless it is like a a line of food specifically designed for sex. But that would be it would be more appropriate to sell that elsewhere, wouldn't it? Uh, as as it is, I'm 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 left sort of scratching my head. But at the same time, it's also nice that you know they. Uh, give to cancer patients and doctors that's really cool and also you know i do uh I, I do actually think some of these flavors sound pretty good and it does sound they do i i would say i agree with the the sense that you should uh if you're gonna have ice cream you should you should go ahead and have ice cream not that there's anything wrong with like you know your vegan stuff or your like lower calorie your halo tops and stuff but my general philosophy when it comes to this stuff is I'd rather have I'd rather have a Ben and Jerry's once a week than Halo Top every day. Um, you know, give me the good stuff. Uh, and they they you know as they say unapologetically indulgent. Uh, I can definitely get with them on that. But boy oh boy, this is some weird shit. I guess I would need to I would need to try this stuff to see whether or not it's uh, whether or not it's actually good. 
But uh, boy, did this all, this all really threw me for a loop in the ice cream aisle. So anyway, I continued my, uh, my wanderings through the, the grocery store. You know, the rest of these aisles were pretty, were pretty, uh, pretty normal. The next aisle was the actual bread aisle. That small display of bread was, um, just a small display of bread from earlier. And they had, you know, normal selections of, of bread. They also had tea and coffee. There was another brand that sort of caught my eye called, uh, Jailhouse Coffee. Um, and this caught my eye because all of the, the names were like, uh, like cleverly related to prison. They had Safe House Organic Blend, Solitary Sumatra. Oh, a fun, a fun take on solitary confinement. Not Guilty Organic Decaffeinated, uh, Chain Gang Organic Espresso. Uh, I was, you know, I giggled at the wordplay and then immediately thought about, you know, how the for-profit prison system is one of the more disturbing elements of modern American life and, um... Honestly, wasn't sure if I really wanted to buy a coffee that sort of predicated itself on, you know, fun little jokes about uh, solitary confinement, for God's sakes. Oh, my God. Um, you know, and that's, I mean, that's their, that's their choice. The logo is a, a man in old-fashioned prison garb holding a, a cup of coffee. It's, it's, uh, it's a local business. It's uh, roasted in small batches in Queens, uh, New York, according to their website. Legend has it that the roastery is built on the site of an 18th century jailhouse. There are no records confirming this, however, it's our story and we're sticking to it. Actually, there is a big house just near the roastery. Great, so there is an actual prison nearby, which is uh, very authentic. Ah, this was not the only product that made me stop and go, uh, what the hell is this? Uh, further down the aisle, I saw they have a, a, a Gerber Pure Water for Babies. I didn't know that there was a brand of uh, bottled water. It came in like a gallon jug um, for babies, but there is. It's uh, specially purified for babies to remove fluoride because according to Gerber, babies don't need fluoride. Ugh, I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a kid, but do you need to, do you need to get, get yourself a Brita. Why, you know, everybody can have pure water, can't they? Why, you know, why just the babies? Uh, anyway, the coffee selection was pretty good. The basic housewares were good. Uh, they had an aisle that had your, some basic medicines, like your ibuprofens, your cold medicines, um, uh, soaps, deodorants. Not all grocery stores have that, which is, which is good. Um, and then the remaining aisles was like granola, cereal, rice, beans, soup, baking. It's all fine. All good. Moving back upstairs to their sort of prepared food section, they had what I think, uh, you know, it, it, it was like a kind of like a traditional prepared food section that you might find in a grocery store, but there was more uh, counter service stuff for like sandwiches and sushi. And I think this is actually kind of smart for this location because it seems like the kind of place where if you're, you know, it's, Again, this is in like Midtown, not too far from a lot of the touristy stuff. And if you were a tourist, this seems like the kind of place where you could just duck in and get like a, you know, just like a basic unassuming salad or, you know, something quick to eat uh, that isn't, you know, the that isn't the Margaritaville restaurant in Times Square or, you know, just some, something quick and easy and 
um, from the looks of it, uh, chock full of sodium. I mean, I walked past a display of like chicken wings that uh, just I I could I was getting hypertension just in in its mere presence. Um, so a lot of that food looked kind of gross, but uh, I think it was a good thing that it was there. And then I left. Um, so all over the place with this uh, this this food emporium. I have to say, ultimately, as far as far as the layout and the way things were organized, the quality of the produce, some of these weird ass products that they carried, I'm gonna give this one a solid, just re- just a C, just a basic. No, I'm gonna give it a C minus because I just didn't like being in the area. Something depressing about it, uh, uh, about that that upper upper level to me. No public bathrooms as well. Yeah, uh, not a good first entry as far as. Uh, as far as Food Emporium goes, I'll give another location a shot and see what happens. Wow. So thank you for listening. Uh, I appreciate uh, if you would rate, review, subscribe, download, whatever. Uh, if you put this on to go to sleep or whatever, if you need somebody uh, to, you know, a voice to speak to you at any point, here, it, here I am. Okay. Uh, see, see you next time, folks. Have a good one.